This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to another episode of A Sunday Kind of Love. I'm Maya Tan. We're on the seventh installment of our holiday capsules. And as the Golden Globes kicks off the awards season, I have our golden armchair critic. He's no couch potato, Uma Pagan Ambike Pagan with us. Welcome. Hey, Maya. Good to be back. Okay, so first off, Uma, what's in store for us this awards season? Okay, so awards season is upon us. The biggest one that starts us off is the Golden Globes. But of course, there's been a few others. I mean, if you talk about awards season as a term, it kind of applies from kind of November till February, right? So, um, but the other smaller ones are Gotham Awards, Hollywood Film Awards, uh, Los Angeles Film Critics Association Awards, and so on and so forth. But Golden Globes is like kind of the big live red carpet fashion televised one right Mm. that kicks us off and then after that comes uh writers guild producers guild uh screen actors guild directors guild baftas all the ones that we don't care about except for the baftas except for the baftas uh, independent spirits quite interesting and then of course it all ends on february 22nd with the oscars so golden globes just finished um, and we've got a whole bunch of winners. And at the time of this recording, the Oscar nominations are also out. Yes. So let's go over what you thought were the highlights of the Golden Globes. What did you think of the feminist take on the award ceremony by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? So that 10-minute introduction by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler was gold. Their opening monologue was pitch perfect. It right? was great. Yeah. All the puns were in there. Yeah. The, the references. When they played Who Would You Rather, yes. it was a phenomenal moment. I mean, you guys can check it out. The whole thing's on YouTube. It was it was just, just such sharp commentary about everything that was going on in Hollywood and at the expense of Hollywood, from Bill Cosby all the way to George Clooney getting married. And they start off, you know, with you minimally talented, spoiled brats. I love that. Also, the reference to uh, George Clooney winning the Lifetime Achievement Award. Correct. So she rattles off all of Amal Clooney's accolades and then she goes, and that's why her husband is winning the, you know, the, the, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, <laughs> no, Tina Fey and, and, and Amy Poehler are, are brilliant. They're incredible. There's, there's nothing you can find wrong with their opening monologue. I mean, they were a bit stiff in the beginning, maybe for the first two minutes. But then as the audience warmed up to them, it became a little more lighthearted. What was interesting to note was that the Golden Globe, the Golden Globes are usually a big old booze fest, right? Uh, because everyone's having dinner at the yes, time. Yes, it's and a sit-down thingy. Correct. And everyone's drunk by the time they go, get on stage anyway. But this year, I think, coming off so soon after Charlie Hebdo and the whole Je suis Charlie thing and the freedom of expression thing mm-hmm. and the Sony hacks, there was a little more of a a somber feel I felt some of the speeches to some of the uh, some of the jokes even right yep. so um, the, the Golden Globes this year were a little more uh, maybe stayed than they usually are uh, but still it was a it was a fun ceremony with some really really good speeches okay well let's go through the categories best motion picture drama boyhood Yes, that was the winner. The other contenders were Foxcatcher, The Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, most of the movies that I've talked about on this show. So, deserving or not? Absolutely. I think Boyhood is, if if you haven't seen it already, if you haven't heard about it, it's Richard Linklater. He did uh, Before Sunrise. Just phenomenal movies uh, Richard Linklater has done. And Boyhood is, in my opinion, one of the, the, just the pinnacle of his achievements. It's a movie that actually took about 12 years to make because he tracks um, the story of this child. And they started filming 12 years ago and they grew up with the actors. So every year they would film just a little bit. Just a little bit. And 
and I think that's that's the kind of filmmaking that you don't often see, right? Filmmaking, not at, all. at least not in Hollywood. Filmmaking in Hollywood is so um, it's so time constrained. It's so you know you've got you've got a ten day shoot, you've got this much money, you've got to pull this off in this way. Linklater's this is an experiment in the grander scale, right? You have no idea how this person's going to turn out as well. It's a huge risk. It's a huge risk. You have no idea if any of these actors will still be alive twelve years later. Absolutely. Whether he himself will be in showbiz or or making movies for that matter, but it just shows you know a really strong focus it's a long-term thing i'm a filmmaker this is my project and it's not just the gimmick that makes it good it's a phenomenally poignant story that and, and this is what's great you can relate to it irrespective of where you are in the world i think if you've grown up in an urban environment it doesn't matter if you're american or not i think the stories and the feelings that are expressed in boyhood apply to children here in Malaysia. I could relate Definitely. to that film. Visually as well, although it's suburban and mundane, you know, it's actually quite rich for me. It was all about life, about living, and just, you know, the joy of seeing this boy grow. It's just a good story, well written and well told. If boyhood had not won, you know, what if? Like, who did you think was the next contender? So I haven't seen The Imitation Game, mm. uh, but I have seen The Theory of Everything. Yep. Uh, and I have seen Selma, but I haven't seen Foxcatcher either. I hear Foxcatcher is incredible. Yes. Uh, but I think I would have gone with Selma, actually. I, I know the biopic is always the big uh, the big draw in these sorts of things, especially if it features Martin Luther King. It surprises me, yes. But I love I love the way the story was told. I love that part of American history, um, and I enjoy watching movies like that. Yet again, brilliantly acted. I think the guy who was playing uh, Martin Luther King, David uh, Oyelowo, he's an unknown in Hollywood, but he was, yet again, a pitch-perfect performance uh, with regards to Martin Luther King. And I would have gone probably for Selma. Okay, best motion picture for musical or comedy was won by... Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> yes, thank you. About time. I'm biased. I love this movie to death. This is the one movie I can watch two or three times. Just and... keep giving Wes Anderson a he deserves it. He Grand Budapest Hotel yet again is Wes Anderson honing that craft to perfection, right? To perfection. And this is just the most layered, you know, it's, it starts off and it's a story being told to someone who's telling a story to someone before you get to the actual meat of the movie. This, it starts off and you're already four layers deep. And, you know, even that, trying to work that out in your brain mm -hmm. um, takes up about 15 minutes uh, and you've lost focus. But it's so brilliantly told yeah. um, in that typical Wes Anderson style. And the characters are just as usual. You know, they're quirky, they're unusual. You can't stop watching them to, just to see what they will do next. And for the first time, it doesn't feature a misanthropic white person in the sense that a miserable white person, rather. Yeah. I mean, in that... A lot of his characters are always going through some yes, kind of midlife crisis. from the crisis. Royal Tenenbaums exactly. uh, to the Darjeeling Limited. All three of them were just... You and know, they're all kind of depressive, but mm. this one is actually... It features a very interesting character. It features a very almost happy, a joyful yes. character who seems to be embracing everything life throws his way. With and, a great sex life exactly, as well. Exactly, <laughs> uh, which runs in opposition with a lot of many other Wes Anderson characters, right? So, yep. yeah, no, Grand Budapest Hotel, very, very deserving. It's amazing, Grand Budapest Hotel. The other contenders were Birdman, Into the Woods, Pride and St. Vincent. Yeah, I don't think, uh, you see, for me, Birdman would take all the awards. Mm. It, it, it's down between Birdman and Boyhood. I think it's a categorical problem. I wouldn't have put Birdman 
Um, yes, it's, musical yes, it's a comedy, comedy of sorts. Mm. It's a black comedy. Yeah. But I think, yes, Into the Woods, Grand Budapest Hotel, St. Vincent Pride, it works. But Birdman should have been up for contention uh, for Best Muslim Picture Drama. Yeah. And then I think there's been a real hard fight between Boyhood and Birdman, right? Birdman is opens in KL uh, next week, I believe. And it is a phenomenal film. Yes, go yeah. see it. Michael see Keaton, it. Emma Stone. Edward Norton. Okay, best director. All the um, directors of the movies that we've just mentioned are listed. Wes Anderson for The Grand Budapest Hotel, Ava DuVernay for Selma, David Fincher for Gone Girl, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu for Birdman, and Richard Linklater for Boyhood. And the winner was... Linklater for Boyhood. Mm. I mean, well-deserved. Yet again, I go back to between Birdman and Boyhood, right? Uh, Fincher did a great job in Gone Girl. Gone Girl was a phenomenal film. And, and yet again, Fincher is honing his craft and honing his style in such a way that, you know, he does these long meditative pieces that unfold really slowly and, and really, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Really deliberately, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think anyone does it better than Fincher. But, and again, what Linklater achieved with Boyhood in this 12 years of making a movie is quite phenomenal. Because, you know, when you think about it, so many things could go wrong. It could end up just being this piece of gimmicky crap, but it wasn't. It was beautiful. The thing with Richard Linklater, his entire career has actually been made up of films that are of this nature. I mean, the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset and Before Midnight had this element as well because he used the same actors throughout and you could see how they changed throughout the years. How they've aged. And and you go through their life story with them. This is his style. This is his thing. He tells really quiet stories and he does it really, really well. And you can tell that he's really passionate about these stories that he tells. Um, he really wants to make these movies. He's not doing it for the money. He's not doing it because some studio told him that this would be a good story to pursue. No, he's, there seems to be a personal connection mm. between and him and these stories. And they're very far and few in between as well. So, you know, that whole commercial aspect is out of it. No, but he's definitely a great American director who has been overlooked by the Academy for a very long time. Best Actress for Drama. Jennifer Aniston in Cake. I haven't seen this movie. Mm, I've seen the uh, trailer. Felicity Jones, The Theory of Everything. Julianne Moore, Still Alice. Rosamund Pike, Gone Girl. And Reese Witherspoon, Wild. Now, we'll just deal with Reese Witherspoon right out. (laughs) Wild was... uh, really panned by the critics, although she does suffer a lot in the movie. Her character suffers a lot in the yeah, movie. Yeah, but she's, she's got great praise, hasn't she, for, mm. for, for her performance in it. She's always been quite strong. Yeah, of course. Whether she's playing a bimbo in Legally Blonde or someone more serious. Uh, what about Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl? Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl was a real uh, winner, in my opinion, from um, the kind of work you've seen. You know, she was, she was the Bond girl, right? That's where we first saw Rosamund yes. Pike in the Pierce Brosnan Bond film. Um, and after that, uh, we've seen her in lots of stuff. We've seen her even in the Thunderbirds movie. <laughs> she was playing Lady Penelope, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was her, yeah. And, um, and now Gone Girl. And Gone Girl is a great dramatic turn. She is brutal. She is just Calculating. Evil. Yeah. yeah, it's very in control as well. Things don't go according to plan, but she switches it around. She can pivot that girl. Uh, Felicity Jones, she's been quite strong, even for her young age. Um, she was in a movie about Charles Dickens with Rafe Fiennes. That's right. Yep, strong contender. And Jennifer Aniston in Cake. I don't know. She. I, I haven't seen this film yet again. Lots of praise for Jennifer Aniston, you know. Taking my cues from The Good Girl which was something she did 12 years ago where she kind of broke out of her comedic sex bomb uh, 
Rachel. surrounded by great friends character. Yeah, this Jennifer Aniston was different. Uh, she played someone depressed and downtrodden. Her life wasn't great. Well, you know what the the old cliche is, right? When women in Hollywood go ugly in inverted commas, you know, oh my Charlize God, immediately Theron, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, immediately yeah. it's a great performance. It's a great performance, right? Exactly. So it falls under that cliche and stereotype. So as soon as everyone saw this movie, they're like, oh, it's Oscar bait waiting to happen. But from what I understand, and I do want to see the film, from what I understand... It is actually a pretty stellar performance, so I think I should go check it out. Yep. Um, then again, a movie like Cake is how, very unlikely to open in Malaysia. Mm. I just don't think it has the kind of commercial traction. It may run for a couple of weeks, maybe. Fingers crossed. Yes. But of course, uh, the clear winner here is Julianne Moore, who's always been a star in my eyes in terms of performance. Um, have you seen Still Alice? No, I haven't seen Still Alice. Yet again, another movie that hasn't opened here yet. Um, and it's not available on Blu-ray or DVD yet either. So mm. I haven't seen uh, Still Alice yet, no. Okay, something to watch out for. Best Actor Drama. Contenders were Steve Carell in Foxcatcher, Benedict Cumberbatch in The Imitation Game, Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler, David Oyelowo for Salma, and Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything. So, once again, Eddie Redmayne wins, right, for Theory of Everything. And, and yet again, we go back to this notion that um, if your biopics seem to pull in lots of nominations for these actors. So Eddie Redmayne was playing Stephen Hawking. And um, and tremendous job, right? It's, it's very difficult. He's, it's also made doubly harder because Stephen Hawking is actually still around. Yes. So, um, but he did an incredible job in that performance. However, Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler was probably the weirdest, most surreal acting experience I have seen in the cinema in 2014. I think Jake Gyllenhaal definitely was very deserving of this award. Mm. Just to add on to the theory of everything, somehow when the main character is a hero, you know, some of that rubs off on the entire film, whether it's a good one or a bad one. But it wasn't easy. So, you know, hats off to you, Eddie Redmayne. Jake Gyllenhaal, I have yet to see Nightcrawler, but I do have a lot of faith in him. I've seen the clips and it's definitely a very fascinating film as well. He's a voyeur of sorts. Weird, twisted movie. You should watch it. It's really good. Okay. Well, okay, hold that thought. Uma will be back with more on the Golden Globes we've gone through the highlights for film we've got TV coming up next so don't go away this is Panther by Maiden Heights a Sunday kind of love returns in just a moment on BFM 89.9 feel you get Back on a Sunday kind of love with me, Maya Tan, and Uma Paganambike Pakan is here with me. We're popping the corks on the award season, beginning with the Golden Globes. So, uh, we were talking about the film awards earlier, um, still within the Golden Globes. Best actress, musical or comedy? So, this one, it's interesting, right? Julianne Moore, um, uh, Amy Adams, Emily Blunt, Helen Mirren, 
and uh, Quivenzane Wallace for Annie. I haven't seen the only thing I've seen. Uh, the only thing I've seen is the Hundred Foot Journey. I haven't seen Into the Woods because it hasn't opened. That's based on the Sondheim musical, which is brilliant. The musical's amazing. For once, it isn't Meryl Streep who's been nominated. Well, she got nominated for the Oscar, right? Nineteen <laughs> times, the most any individual's been nominated for an acting category. Yeah, she herself says, "Oh, not again!" Every time she goes on stage, I, I think they just put her in like every year. It's a sense of familiarity. The audience will be like, "Oh, Meryl." She's the token woman, is it, to get an award? We'll get into that next. <laughs> the token elderly woman to get an award, right? Exactly, because you know how Hollywood is like if you're over 40. But yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, I haven't seen many of these movies because they haven't actually opened here. Amy Adams is just deserving all the time. She's really, really growing. I mean, from American Hustle to this one. This one, it's called Big Eyes. She plays opposite Christoph Waltz, who's right. another Academy Award winner. It's about how a woman triumphs He's her husband and he's stealing her work, her artwork and calling it his own because in his opinion, people don't want to buy girl art, but they'll buy it if a man painted it. So well done, Amy Adams. Best actor in a musical or comedy? Michael Keaton uh, was nominated for Birdman, Bill Murray for St. Vincent, uh, Ray Fiennes for the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Christoph Waltz for Big Eyes and Joaquin Phoenix for Inherent Vice. Oh my God, Inherent Vice. I haven't I, seen this. The book is incredible. The book is by Thomas Pinchon. It's, um, I love it. it. It got mixed reviews when the book came out because it's, it's very Thomas Pinchon. All of his books get mixed reviews. But um, the trailer for this movie looks so surreal. The trailer is amazing. We've definitely talked about it on this show. When I saw it, I was disappointed. You've seen the movie? I have seen the movie. Oh, is it not good? It is downright boring there's no. a lot of there's a lot of unnecessary dialogue I mean the trailer was like chop 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 it kind of had the pulp fiction feel you know yeah this kind of surreal fantasy feel this one was just there were so many characters the story was so incoherent and half the time you're trying to understand what these doped up people are saying it's really weird although I loved all of Martin Short's scenes but Joaquin he put in his best Josh Brolin is just fantastic as usual, even though he's just like eating a popsicle for most of the movie <laughs> and, and screaming, you know, Motopana Keku. But inherent bias, yes, uh, tread with caution. Nola, I've given up I've given up on Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean I mean the sense that, you know, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, phenomenal movies that he's done. But the master was the weirdest, most inaccessible thing I saw in 2012, right? And now he's done Inherent Vice. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. The winner of the category, of course, was Michael Keaton for Birdman. Yet again, well-deserved. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Birdman when we get to the Oscars, but uh, Birdman is this incredibly meta movie about celebrity and and superheroes that is not too clever, that is not too gimmicky, that doesn't take itself too seriously. It's incredibly well put together. It's probably one of the most mind-blowing experiences you'll have in the cinema. And I'm just so happy that they they brought it to Malaysia so you actually get to see it on the big screen because it's it's one of these movies that needs to be experienced in a dark room on mm. a giant screen, right? Absolutely. And Michael Keaton... I grew up watching Michael Keaton from Beetlejuice all the way to Batman, <laughs> Batman right? Batman and now to Birdman. And now to Birdman. And yes, this is so well-deserved. Best Supporting Actress was won by Patricia Arquette from Boyhood. Best Supporting Actor was won by J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. We'll talk more about this later. Uh, Best Foreign Language Film was won by Leviathan, a Russian film. And Best Animated Feature, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Anyway, on to TV. Best Drama Series, The Affair, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, The Good Wife and House of Cards. 
Yeah, The Affair is a very, very cool show, which is on Showtime. I it's believe. on Showtime. It stars Dominic West and Ruth Wilson, both British actors. Uh, playing Americans. Uh, but it's, it's just a very interesting story about a, a family and an affair that takes place. But what's clever about it is that it, it, it depicts this affair from two distinct POVs, right? And you see it from his point of view and her point of view. And you see it differently. Because you see it how they perceive these characters. So sometimes the hair's different. The clothes are different. The clothes are different. It's great because it's it's all it's a play on memory, it's a play on mm-hmm. perception. He always remembers her as being sexier than ever, and she's always a little bit more chaste and, and unsure about what to do. Correct. And also under all of that, under the affair, is this murder investigation. Yes. So things are very slowly revealed. But do you think that it's been stronger than Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, The Good Wife, House of Cards? No, Downton Abbey cukup lah. I mean, I enjoy Downton Abbey, but sure. okay lah, it's just, now yeah. it's, just, it's just a glorified soap opera. Um, House of Cards, wow. Um, exactly. Yeah, but House it has Card- won. It has won before. And of course, The Good Wife. The Good Wife is one of the best things on television, right? Yeah. The characters evolve and, and Juliana Margulies is just... And they're very current. I mean, cases involving Bitcoin and, you know, things that are very, very current. Correct. So uh, the storytelling is incredible in The Good Wife. Uh, But for me, it's the character evolution, actually. There are very few television shows that take the kind of risks that The Good Wife does um, with regards to how their characters grow. Sometimes you can watch seven years of a show and the character's scandal comes to mind, right? The characters, you know, it's it's fun watch. It's, It's a very addictive TV show, but the characters don't, actually grow or change. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Juliana Margulies you meet in season one is completely different from the Juliana Margulies now, which is in season five, I think. Five so or six. Five or yeah. six, right? Yeah. So another very deserving show, but I think The Affair is something new. It's something unique. It's a very interesting take on on this story we've seen over and over again. So, All right. Yeah. Best comedy series, Girls, Jane the Virgin, Orange is the New Black, Silicon Valley, and Transparent. So Transparent Wins, uh, it's a story about a man who um, decides to tell his children that he's become transgender, that he's becoming a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's, it's a historic win because it's the first series produced by Amazon ah. that's got an award. So Transparent, um, Amazon has what they call pilot season. So it's going on now, actually. And they just release pilots by very, very famous uh, producers and directors. And then there's a whole kind of almost like a voting system and you decide what gets a full season order. I don't think it's just entirely based on your votes. A lot of it's been pretty failure worthy. A lot of the TV shows that they've been putting out, right? But Transparent is one of the few things that came out last year that was genuinely brilliant and funny. It's Jeffrey Tambor mm. uh, from Arrested Development and from a whole lot of other things as well. And um, yeah, I think this is going to inspire Jeff Bezos to do even more of this stuff. Everyone's in the content game, right? Everyone wants to make... TV is like the next big thing. It, used, it, yep. it, it took this dive for a while and now everyone's back in TV. It's overtaken film. Yeah, they realize the value of storytelling on television, right? So, mm. yeah. And more storytelling, best miniseries or TV movie, True Detective, Fargo, The Normal Heart, Olive Kittredge and The Missing. So I've only seen True Detective and I've seen trailers of the rest. Right. What are your thoughts? I haven't seen uh, The Normal Heart. I've seen True Detective, The Missing, Fargo, and Olive Kittredge. Olive Kittredge is actually based on a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. Mm-hmm. Very, very good as well. But Fargo, I think it's well deserved. Fargo, obviously, is the adaptation of the Coen Brothers film of the same name. Yes. About a murder Which that takes place. Which won a billion Oscars. Correct. With Francis McDormand 
and uh, um, it, it takes place William in a small, small town. Everyone speaks with these mixed uh, Canadian-American accents. Everyone <laughs> says, Aboot. Aboot. What's this all Aboot then? Um, very, very good, but I would have gone with True Detective, but that's because I'm such a geek for that show. I know. I can't wait for the next season, although I'm a little bit disappointed that there's no Brad Pitt. Uh, it's going to star Colin Farrell. I know. There's a lot of rumours, right, that there's going to be Brad Pitt. Colin Farrell is not my favourite actor in the world. Let's see if he redeems himself in this one because <laughs> at least, you know, the storytelling, the uh, cinematography, the direction is fantastic as well. But Fargo, yes, uh, best actress in a drama series, Claire Danes, Homeland, Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, Juliana Margulies, The Good Wife, Ruth Wilson, The Affair, and Robin Wright, House of Cards. Yeah, Ruth Wilson wins this one. Mm. Um, Very deserving. You you cannot imagine that she's actually not this small town American, small town American with the drawing American waitress, accent. Right? She is so convincing. Yeah, and so raw. All the emotions. She was in a Stella movie starring David Williams. It was called Capturing Mary. I don't think I've seen that. You have to see it, and I think Maggie Smith is in that as well. Uh, it was on BBC. It was a BBC HBO production. So try and uh, look for it somewhere somehow. But what did you think of the rest? I'm, I'm just so glad Claire Danes has not won again. Yeah. And Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, is really just cookie cutter from Scandal. It is essentially you know, it's that. strong black woman with a posse. Yeah, very very good show. But it feels like just more of the same. It's very manipulative and I don't like that. <laughs> um, uh, but Robin Wright, House of Cards, always a great performance. Oh, yes. Um, I've already, Understated, subtle. I've already waxed lyrical about Juliana Margulies. So yeah, Ruth Wilson, I think, is well deserved as well. It was between those two for me. Okay. Best actor in a drama series. There's Clive Owen in The Nick, which is a new hospital show, but set in the 50s. Lee Schreiber in Ray Donovan. Kevin Spacey, House of Cards, of course. James Spader in The Blacklist. And Dominic West in The Affair. Kevin Spacey won for House of Cards. Yet again, well-deserving. Although, I think special props to uh, James Spader for The Blacklist. Yeah, he's not bad in that at oh, all. Oh, he's just... Sinister! I like any show where you can never tell if you're supposed to like or hate the bad guy mm. or yeah how do you how do you grow affection for a terrorist right and i think jim spader does that very very well okay best actress in a comedy series lena dunham from girls edie falco nurse jackie she was formerly from the sopranos yes. the wife of tony soprano julia lewis dreyfus in veep gina rodriguez jane the virgin and taylor schilling orange is the new black uh, and the winner was uh, gina rodriguez for jane the virgin you know Jane the Virgin is a show that really surprised me. I, I was, was afraid that it would be Ugly, you know, Betty, Ugly Betty and um, Jane the Designer. I can't remember what that one was. That oh, one yes. was only one season with Andy McDowell. No, this is really good. It's not what you expect. I'll pick it up. And and definitely watch Jane the Virgin. I think Gina Rodriguez, yeah, deserved this uh, this, this this accolade, actually. It's very, very good. Lena Dunham's won before. Uh, I think so has Edie Falco, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So, yeah, uh, Gina Rodriguez, definitely for newcomer. Best Actor in a Comedy Series, Louis C.K. in Louis, Don Cheadle in House of Lies, Ricky Gervais in Derek, William H. Macy in Shameless, and Jeffrey Tambor, Transparent. Yeah, biggest shift is Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent, so I think... It's great that there's some LGBT shows out there gaining it's traction. It's the only one. It's the only one, so it's really good that it's won, right? Mm. Um, and I think it's a big step for that kind of programming on television, or well, in this case, Amazon, but it, it counts. Best Actor in a Limited Series, Martin Freeman from Fargo, Woody Harrelson, True Detective, Matthew McConaughey, True Detective, Mark Ruffalo, The Normal Heart, Be Still My Beating Heart, <laughs> because, you know, I'm a big Hulk fan, uh, Billy Bob Thornton in Fargo. 
and Billy Bob Thornton wins for Fargo. He is also sinister, a very understated role. You could really ham up this role. He's the big bad guy in in, in Fargo, and he does it incredibly well, right? Mm. Uh, but, you know, yet again, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. They in, must be so disappointed. Yeah, they, they must have thought that, all right, all right, all right, we got this. It's in the bag, right? When you watch True <laughs> Detective, the chemistry, even though they, they, they really don't get along, essentially, right, mm-hmm. in this show, is really, really good. It's great. Both of them are equally strong, even though Matthew McConaughey affects more. He has more affectations. But, okay, Billy Bob Thornton, well done to you. Best Actress in the Limited Series, Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Honourable Woman. Jessica Lange, American Horror Story Freak Show, Frances McDormand, Olive Kittredge, Frances O'Connor, The Missing, and Alison Tolman in Fargo. The Honourable Woman, I haven't seen it yet. It's a BBC production. I've seen it. It's intense. I hear it's. In, I hear really good things. It's it's amazing. Her, her, her performance is great because she goes through a lot, right? She is abducted. And she plays a British woman as well, flawlessly. Uh, there aren't very many Americans who can do the British like very, very convincing. I mean, just look at Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, right? Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yeah. I forget that she's she not has... so bad. In possession, she wasn't bad. I, yeah, but I, I, I forget that she's actually American. She just constantly plays British people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Honorable Woman, I think it was great storytelling. And when I watched it, it was particularly timely because there was that big conflict coming out of Gaza, which was very upsetting when I watched it, it was just so relevant for me it was so timely and what you get to see is the other side of the story you see the side of the Jews of course which is different but equally interesting equally heart-wrenching so I believe that she really deserved this award cool Best Supporting Actress was won by Joanne Frogat in Downton Abbey it's a lot going on with uh, Anna Bates this season but we've said enough about Downton Abbey and you're, you're all familiar with her so we're going to talk Oscar nominations next with Uma I think you used one word earlier when we were having a chat in the pantry about this year's nominations yeah well how relevant are the Oscars right yes that's the question that's going to be on all of your minds I was tweeting angrily when the Oscar nominations came out and we'll find out why in just a bit here's a song taken from the original soundtrack for Boyhood Cat Powers with Could We we've got more on Sunny Kind of Love for you right after this on BFM 89.9 This is a Sunday Kind of Love. Hello, we're back. And now we've got uh, Oscar nominations for you. Uma Paganam BK Pagan is here with me, our golden armchair critic. First up, though, uh, your thoughts on the nominations? Rubbish. Rubbish, 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 <laughs> rubbish, rubbish, right? No, I mean, not all of them are rubbish, but I was very angry when these nominations came out. They came out, uh, it would be Thursday evening, Malaysian time. And it's probably the whitest Oscar nominations ever. Only white people ever got accolades this year. Let me tell you how many people, right? 127 Oscar nominations, right? 118 are white people. Nine of them are non-white people. Now, I'm not saying that you have to stretch your imagination to find non-white people who've achieved great things in Hollywood. There are plenty of great films featuring African-Americans, for example, right? But no, no, Oscars just went, ah, forget it. You know, 102 of them of the nominations were male, only 25 were for females. Uh, and of course, wow. the makeup of the Academy, I mean, everyone knows this statistic, it, b- it gets bandied around every year, right? 77% male, 
uh, of the academy, the people who come up with these nominations and vote for it, and 94% of them are white. You'd think that James Franco was the only judge in, in this year's <laughs> nominations then. Yes, it I would mean, seem uh, that way. You know, that movie Selma about Martin Luther King, that's a big chunk of American history right there. It is. And Selma would have really um, created history because Ava DuVernay would have been the first African-American woman to be nominated for Best Director if she got it, right? Wow. Um, Selma, I think, has a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Mm. It's, it's very well received. Sure, there have uh, been some criticisms about historical accuracy, but there always are with movies like this. Mm. Uh, but no women were nominated in directing and screenwriting categories this year. There was no individual of colour in any of the acting categories, not even uh, David Oyelowo, who, was, uh, who played Martin Luther King, who got the Golden Globe nomination. He, I don't know why. I mean, he was, it was a great performance. He did it so well. But no! Shocking. Shocking. Absolutely no, shocking. No Gillian Flynn for Best Adapted Screenplay for Gone Girl. Just a tremendous piece of work. Nope. Nothing. Ugh. No stories about women were nominated for the Best Picture race. And there were lots, right? There were lots that you could pick from. You yeah. could pick from Cake. You could pick from Wild. You could pick from tons of movies that... Uh, Gone Girl. You could pick from tons of movies that had women and female stories, if you will, as central to the character. I'm not saying you need to... Yet again, you don't have to force yourself. I'm not saying pick a story for women for the sake of it because you have to be, mm. you know, all-inclusive, I mean, yeah, right? You don't have to do Mockingjay, but no, you know, at correct. the very least, you could do Amy Adams in Big Eyes. Correct. I'm just going purely by meritocracy and even that you've ignored. Right. Right. Well, let's take a look at the Oscars tally. Nominations by movie. Birdman, nine nominations. Yeah. The Grand Budapest Hotel, nine. Imitation Game, eight. Boyhood, six. American Sniper, six. Whiplash, five. Interstellar, five. <laughs> we know how you feel about that. And Foxcatcher, five. So there are lots of movies that... Uh, there's a lot of interesting marketing and lobbying work that goes in for the Oscar nominations, right? If you release a great movie in the second half of December, you're likely going to be ignored. Because a lot of people may not even have time to watch those screeners they get sent out. And so that, I think, is a very stupid process that means that a lot of movies get lost. American Sniper is one of those exceptions. Even though it was released very late in the game, it still got managed to garner quite a few nominations, including Bradley Cooper, his third acting nomination in three years. Mm. Right? But yet again, Bradley Cooper over David Oyelowo, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't made yeah. up my mind on that, right? American Sniper is it's a well-made movie. But over Selma, I think it's just been very clearly snubbed. Yes, I, I think so. Because Selma just got a, a best movie nod and a best yes. song nod. Because of John Legend. Yeah, and, and nowhere, actually, nowhere, I think, in Oscar history has a best movie nomination only got, like, two nominations. They've always done better than that. Mm. So I think they were like, yeah, okay, we'll just give them best picture and that's it. Yeah. First time since 1999, no people of colour in acting categories, mind you. Hmm. Not one. But our Best Picture nominees are American Sniper, Birdman, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, and Selma. And your prediction is, oh, hold on, The Theory of Everything and Whiplash as well. Yeah, it was 10 movies. And then last year, I think it was 9, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. And this year, there's 8. Okay. So I don't, know, I don't know what they're doing with the numbers. I don't know why they haven't actually fixed it at a specific number. Sometimes I think... They throw in these extra movies to show that they're all inclusive. Like, uh, hey, hey, we'll throw in a comedy. Look, we like comedies at the Oscars. You know, let's just... Now we have 10 movies to play with, right? Um, mm. I think this Oscars is going to be down to Birdman and, and, and Boyhood, Boyhood, right? I think so. I feel very strongly about that as well. For the big prizes, I mean, right? Mm -hmm. Because both Birdman and Boyhood get nominations for directors well with Alejandro uh, Inarritu and uh, Richard Linklater. 
And of course, we love the Grand Budapest Hotel, but I mean, compared to Birdman and Boyhood. Yeah, I mean, the Grand Budapest Hotel is interesting because it's Wes Anderson. It is a Wes Anderson movie. There is a stamp on it, right? That, like, you, you know, within three seconds, it's a Wes Anderson movie. Mm. And it's him honing his craft. And it's grown from Bottle Rocket all the way here to a level of perfection, right? And they may want to award him for that. But that being said, I have to say, I enjoy, as much as I love, I'm a huge Wes Anderson obsessive, I love that old school Hollywood director with range where the person can actually do any kind of film. And I think Linklater and Alejandro Inaritu fall into that category. With Amores Peros, uh, all the way to Babel and, and, and Beautiful, uh, which uh, Alejandro Inaritu did. And also Linklater, he's done slapstick comedies um, and he's done... Um, meditative pieces like Boyhood, I think it's that that's the kind of yeah, cool range, range right? Yeah. Um, not just an auteur style stamp on it, right? Yeah, very important perspective, I think. Yeah, so I think it should, I think it boils down to these two guys who are really, really good. All right. Actor in a leading role, Steve Carell, Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper, American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Imitation Game, Michael Keaton, Birdman, and Eddie Redmayne, The Theory of Everything. Michael Keaton, Birdman for me. Hands down, right? Yeah. However, it, it must be noted that Steve Carell um, has made that transition uh, from television to big screen. The Oscars have such a, what's the word I'm looking for, bias towards television or against television, if you will. So it's nice that uh, Steve Carell's kind of broken that mold, you know, from being a correspondent on The Daily Show yeah. to The Office and now going into big screen. They've acknowledged that he's a tremendous actor, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it must be noted. But, yeah, for me, it's Michael Keith and Birdman. Bit of competition from Eddie Redmayne there, but I think, hands down, Birdman. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when the Oscars roll around. Actress in a leading role, Marion Cotillard in Two Days, One Night. We've talked about that on the show as well. Felicity Jones, The Theory of Everything. Julianne Moore in Still Alice. Rosamund Pike, Gone Girl. Reese Witherspoon, Wild. Same characters coming to play here. But who do you want? Who do you want? Who do you want? Is it Witherspoon or Pike? Who do you think? Between Witherspoon and Pike, it would be Pike for sure. But Julianne Moore, let's not discount Julianne Moore and still Alice. Marion Cotillard in Two Days, One Night. That was your real-time, real-life drama where yeah. you know you actually see her walking around the block. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an over 90% rating. So that's a tough one, but you know... Marion, she's won before for La Vie en Rose playing uh, Edith Piaf. Edith Piaf, This yeah. is no Edith Piaf, lah. No, it's this, not. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, actually, hands down, Julianne Moore. Yeah, I, I think so too, actually. I think uh, Rosamund, it was between Rosamund Pike and Julianne Moore for me, but I think it's long overdue re mm. recognition for Julianne Moore. And you know how the Oscars loves to do that, right? Mm. It, sometimes it may not even be their strongest performance, but they will be like, oh, yeah, we've ignored them for like 10 years. Let's give it to them for this one, lah. It's... Strange what they're sentimental about and, Correct, what they, right? and what they're just completely insensitive to. Yes, I know. It's ridiculous. <sighs> but yes, I think Julianne Moore, for sure. All right. Actor in a supporting role, Robert Duval in The Judge, Ethan Hawke, Boyhood, Edward Norton, Birdman, Mark Ruffalo, Foxcatcher, and J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Yeah, so J.K. Simmons won for the Golden Globes uh, for Whiplash. It's a wonderful movie about how this boy's been bullied into drumming excellence and, you know, there's a lot of jazz in the movie. Uh, Robert Duval will be the oldest person to be nominated for an acting award. I think he's 81, if I'm not mistaken. Fantastic. Uh, um, um, he plays the father of... Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s yes, character. Yes. Um, this, I think, did Robert Downey Jr. direct this movie? I can't remember. I haven't seen The Judge, but I believe that it's, it's, it's a very interesting film. It's its first post-Iron Man role, if you will. I don't think it got great reviews. Mm. 
But clearly, I think Robert Duvall's performance must have been good to get this nod, right, for Best Supporting Actor. Well, in that case, you know, he might win on account of all age. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give him something before he dies. I but don't know. for me, it's, it's between uh, Edward Norton and, and J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Yeah, for me, it'll have to be Ethan Hawke out of sentimentality because I love him in all of Linklater's movies, but it seems that it might be J.K. Simmons because I think he's, he's really a real breakout role in Whiplash. Yeah. Okay. Actress in a supporting role, Patricia Arquette, Boyhood, Laura Dern, Wilde, Emma Stone, Birdman, Kira Knightley, The Imitation Game, and Meryl Streep into the woods. Yeah, we mentioned this before. Meryl Streep, 19th Oscar nomination, the most for an acting category ever. Um, the most Oscar nominations of all time, I think it's, it's, it's Walt Disney and then also um, uh, John Williams, right? Mm. But in acting categories, no one's outdone Meryl Streep. But her name is something you'll see every year without fail. I think uh, Emma Stone shouldn't be in there, although it is a supporting role. It's nice to see Laura Dern back. I think she's got it, don't mm. you think? Yeah, It's between definitely. Arquette and Dern for me, but I think Dern's got it. For me, it's Patricia Arquette. Really? Okay. Yeah, for me, it's Patricia Arquette. All right, Best Director, Alejandro González Iñárritu for Birdman, of course. Richard Linklater, Boyhood, Bennett Miller, Foxcatcher, Wes Anderson, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Morton Tildum in The Imitation Game. Mm. So this, this is one of those things, right? Where for, are the women? Yeah, exactly. Where are the women? Also, uh, Bennett Miller and Morton Morton uh, Tildum, just thrown in there for good measure, right? You know, surprising. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, let's, let, let's acknowledge these fellows as well. But but it's really going to be down between Inaritu and Linklater. Now, yes. what they might do is what they do every year in the last, over the last few years, they may split the awards. So they may give a best picture to one of them and best director to one of them. Right. So that's where right. that prediction is going to happen, right? Uh, whether it's Linklater <laughs> or Inaritu. I think... But people have won both before. No, they have. But of late, they've kind of split it up with the 12 Years a Slave versus Gravity kind of thing, right? This is so, it's so, so subjective. I know. It is. It really, really is. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to need more time to think about who's going to win what. But I'm going to say it's between those two. But if I was asked to pick now, I would say Inaritu should win. But I would like Linklater to win. I think I have to agree with you there. It would have been interesting if Angelina Jolie were nominated for Unbroken, actually. You know, is it her first directorial debut? I think it might be the first directorial debut, mm. but apparently it's awful. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I think it's god-awful. Yeah, I think it, it's got a lot of good intentions, you know, yes. the storyline and, and I've read the book the on which it's based on, mm. and that's really good. Uh, but you, I'm tired of the war stories, lah. <laughs> Every year there's like one and during Oscar and award seasons and I'm just like, okay, la, enough lah. <laughs> All right, well, you know, animated feature film nominees, Big Hero 6, The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Song of the Sea, The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. So this is the one category in which sequels always do well. It's quite funny. A Big Hero 6, if you haven't heard about it, is not the sixth movie of the Big Hero series. <laughs> it's actually just the name of it. Uh, I love that one. It's the name of the team, yeah. The Tale of the Princess Kaguya is by Studio Ghibli, and it's Isao Takahata. And Isao Takahata is... The mentor. Mentor slash colleague of Miyazaki. They kind of... He was older, and he kind of roped Miyazaki in. They have this... They, they, they're, they're kind of like frenemies who work in the same company, right? They have Aww. this love-hate relationship. It's, it's really quite cute. Um, and The Tale of Princess Kaguya, it was his last movie as well. 
Um, and so there's a lot of, and it's beautiful, right? It's about this tiny nymph that's found in this bamboo stalk. And um, basically she grows up into this beautiful princess and desirable young woman. And she has to like tease her suitors to prove their love by doing these crazy impossible tasks, right? Very Japanese mm. and, and beautifully animated and just gorgeous film. I don't know if the Oscars will acknowledge something like that. I don't know if the voting members of the Academy will take note of things like that. Sometimes they nominate these movies just because they say, oh, it deserves an acknowledgement. Well, Spirited Away uh, has won an Oscar before. It has. Uh, but even last year, I mean, they nominated uh, Miyazaki's last film, The Wind Also Rises, The Wind Rises, and uh, Frozen won. Now, Frozen, let's be fair, it's the highest grossing animated movie of all time. It broke a billion dollars, I think, worldwide. And that's very, very impressive. Well done. But Wind Rises was this incredible meditation on war and Japanese culture. And, and innovation. This, and innovation, this conflict of, an in, uh, of, of what happens to an inventor when his, when his inventions are used as weapons of war. And it's just beautiful, right? It's, it's Alfred Nobel all over again, right? But no. <laughs> no. So, you know, it's going, to be, it's going to be How to Train Your Dragon 2, right? Because that's the crowd pleaser. I think so too. Yeah. There are two writing awards, writing adapted screenplay and writing original screenplay. The usual suspects are there. Jason Hall for American Sniper in adapted screenplay. Graham Moore for The Imitation Game. Paul Thomas Anderson, Inherent Vice. Anthony McCartan, The Theory of Everything. And Damien Chazelle, Whiplash. Right. Um, I think it might be American Sniper. It's funny though, you know, because uh, Damien Chazelle uh, for Whiplash... It's not actually adapted, it's original, but you know why it's under the adapted category? Because he did a short. I see. Earlier. And so the Academy has this really weird process where they figure that short film he did, his long film is actually adapted from it. So that's why it's in the adapted category. Really weird. So mm -hmm. anyway, for me, I think it's under, it's between Whiplash and American Sniper for adapted screenplay. Right. For me, I think it would be Whiplash, although a strong contender there for the imitation game. Cool. But Inherent Vice is out. <laughs> the theory of everything. Hmm, that's another, another one to ponder over. But we'll see. Writing original screenplay, Birdman, Boyhood, Foxcatcher, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Nightcrawler. This is a tough one for me. I, it's, it's, it's down between three movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to make my decision based on the politics of the Oscars. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's between Birdman, Boyhood, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. Now... Yep. Wes Anderson has won before, so I'm going to rule him out because I'm going to think, ah, Oscar voters will go, we've given it to him once, let's give it to someone new. Um, Linklater has won before, but this is going to be probably one of his finest works. So it's really down between Boyhood and Birdman yet again. I think that because the Grand Budapest Hotel is nominated quite numerously in, uh, in the Oscars, but we've kind of ruled him out because of Birdman and Boyhood always being really in the have, way, right? right? Or you think they're going to throw this I one his way? I think they might, yeah. If, you know, going by the thread like uh, Kasianla. <laughs> Which happens a lot. He might, he might get the Kasianla Oscar. <laughs> fair enough, in fair this enough. One. I yeah. can see that, I can see that. But I there's some great original stories here. Birdman is so original. Boyhood, of course. Yeah, I, I would, if I had to pick one and just one, I would go with Birdman. All right. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, that's it from us this week. Thank you, Uma, for taking us through the Golden Globes and the Oscar nominations. Thank you, Maya. I'm going to leave you with some Stan Getz. This is Intuit, featured on the original motion picture soundtrack of the movie Whiplash. This is Maya Tan signing off on A Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.